0: Welcome to Blood Moon Milk. This episode is all about the new moon in Cancer.
1: Country music singers have always been a real close family.
0: And the song you hear behind me now is they Hank Williams Jr. playing Family Tradition, since Cancer is all me. about family and tradition, and sometimes a little bit about avoidant behavior and really deep feelings
1: or i guess i
0: this is my lovely co-host, Ariana. This episode, like we said, is all about the new moon in Cancer. But in addition to that, we, <laughs> we have an eclipse alert because this is our first episode that we get to cover the moon in an eclipse and it's a new moon. So that's super exciting. It's a first for us. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, And so eclipses, let's talk about the eclipse and the meaning of the eclipse. First, uh, before we talk about Cancer and the new moon, because uh, we haven't ever gotten to talk about an eclipse before. So that's really exciting for us. Mm -hmm. Um, Eclipses hold the power of several moon cycles, so they're extra powerful and therefore can hold a lot of space for transformation if we're open to the expansion. This new moon in Cancer is a solar eclipse and begins the process or, or, and begins the procession of the Cancer-slash-Capricorn eclipses that will continue into 2020. It's also being imposed by Pluto, so the flavor of this astrological trip is going to be hella emotional. Uh, I don't know how many times on our Instagram I've said, hang on to your hats <laughs> or hang on to your pizza hats or something, like when I do the little Pizza Witch comics. Uh, no, but, I love those. <laughs> Seriously. I don't know how to express it enough, and I, even in my own meditation, uh, I feel like there's a change is a-coming, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm a little nervous, I'm yeah. a little terrified about them. Um,
2: Before we started recording, we were talking about how we just feel something in yeah. the atmosphere. It's, I can feel it coming <laughs> in the air. Yeah, you know,
0: it's like, uh, I like to think of it like a, it's almost like you like certain smells, mm, yeah. like remind you of certain things. Like, like right before fall? Like, yes, I was gonna yes. say like burning leaves or yes. something kind of reminds mm. you of like the end of summer and like burning, like just. Yes. Yes. Thank you. You're reading my mind, Um, (laughs) and I'm not being particularly articulate about it. But it's that kind of feeling that we're both sensing, and we're like, "Oh my God, something's gonna happen." So uh, we feel it in our guts. Our microbiome is just saying, "Something's happening." Yeah, pretty much. It's like booty brain. Um, So yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen, but all the planets being the way they are right Mm now. They crazy. Yep. So we're currently exiting the Leo and Aquarius eclipse cycle. The next full moon in Aquarius, which by the way, is going to be during our workshop at ATL craft. Be sure to buy tickets if you haven't already, because it's going to sell out. And I think if you're going to want to do a full moon circle where there's two badass girls with a podcast under a full moon with an eclipse, it should be there.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So just, just saying. You know, get your ducks in a row and be there, be square. (laughs) So the next full moon in Aquarius will be a lunar eclipse, conjunct Mars and squaring Uranus. That's going to be a (laughs) field trip too. Mindful meditations are powerful and they're amped up when we come together in circles to do them together. But getting to raise that much high vibrating goodness on the night of the full moon in humanitarian Aquarius with a lunar eclipse, (laughs) y'all, y'all. Sign up now because it's going to be some potent and concentrated magic. And it's going to sell out. So if you don't do it now, like, you're going to miss the boat. It's true. We've got, like, ten seats. I don't even know if any. Um, I think this time we've, we've opened it to 15 people. Uh, but last time there we sold out at ten and we let a couple extra people in and then we still had people trying to get in the last minute
2: mm-hmm. so literally banging
0: on the door yeah like banging the door down so <laughs> get your rears in gear and get your tickets so you can be there and show up on time Yeah, we're going to shut you out if you don't come on time because we've got a lot of work to do in order just to make the space Mm -hmm. energetically correct for the work to be done. And once the circle is closed, it's closed, and we don't let anybody in. Yeah. And that's just out of respect for the people who have been there on time and the energy that we uh, have put forward towards making this a meaningful event for everybody Mm -hmm. who is able to show up on time. Mm -hmm. On a less metaphysical note, this is also a supermoon because of the moon's proximity to Earth. Supermoons have the potential to amplify weather patterns or any other lunar-driven phenomenon. So, Cancer! (laughs) Cancer is a cardinal sign, and cardinal signs are the idea, people.
2: They signify the start of the seasons, so like Aries starts off Spring, Cancer Summer, Libra Autumn, and Capricorn Winter. So these signs are really good at starting things off. They're the trendsetters and the initiators. They might not always follow through, but they are definitely the spark that starts the fire.
0: Cancer is the domicile of the moon, and that means ruled by. The moon is related to our emotions, our feminine energy, intuition, psychic abilities, the womb, goddesses, and the oceans. So Cancer is known as the nurturer of the zodiac, or the mother, whereas its opposite, Capricorn is known as the father of the zodiac. And it's the fourth sign of the zodiac, and it's a water sign, and it's the first in the water trigon, which is... Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces, and it's represented by the crab. Crab, crab, crab. The crab. Mr. Crab. I like to think of the Krusty Krab from Spongebob. I love Spongebob. Me too! Yay! When I was in college for animation, I legit watched every episode of Spongebob and called it research. That's fine. Me and my ex used to watch it every
2: morning, and we were like, oh, it's the only thing on at three in the morning, but we fucking love the show.
0: Yeah, I thought it was really good. Stephen Hiller um, mm, was actually... Well, no, he was the creator of SpongeBob, oh. I'm pretty sure, but um, he also was actually a marine biologist. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then he became an animator, and I think his first show might have been... I think he might have worked on Ren and Stimpy at some point. Huh, that makes sense. That actually makes a lot of sense. Very overlapping in mm-hmm. that yep. style. Um, I could be wrong about that fact, but it is true. Tris- I am... A professional animator, (laughs) and uh, as such, I'm also a professional nerd. So uh, y'all just saw my nerd hat. So oddly, in the tarot, the moon card is not
2: associated with Cancer. Although we do see that little crustacean of Cancer climbing out of that pool below in the tower in the in the moon card. The towers are in it. That's why. Anyway,
3: Mm -hmm. yeah,
2: the moon is actually Pisces, and the chariot is Cancer. And there's a lot that's already been said on this subject, especially by Lindsay Mack of the... The Wild Unknown. No, not the Wild Unknown. Uh, Terror for the Wild uh, So Yeah, um, I knew there was Wild in there Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and she, yeah, so she had a whole thing about that. But in case you haven't heard, a quick explanation is that the card is the chariot and not the charioteer, which means it's about what's on the outside, so like the shell uh,
0: or, sorry to interrupt, but like the vessel, yeah. so to speak. Like mm-hmm. the thing that carries uh, you forward but also protects you.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a, I really like the metaphor. And it was very strange when I found this out. I actually found it out in the Thoth tarot-like deck. Like I found out that the chariot was cancer and I was uber confused. But now I understand Yeah, the chariot is all decked out and all these elements and planets and is very visually appealing, but it's pretty inefficient to traverse through all the elements of the rest of the tarot. Like, the sphinxes don't even fucking move, and, like, the wheels are giant and concrete. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, that makes sense. It literally cannot move. Um, So... Uh, this card represents leaving behind the material external world of Capricorn and leaving your shell, your armor, and your mask behind to pursue a more spiritual and internal worlds. It's about examining your inner truth against what is socially acceptable. So I'm just holding a dog right now, and I don't care. I'm going to read this. Okay. <laughs> or just say this. So... For me, this new moon in Cancer during Cancer season, I feel this energy even stronger with the Queen of Cups uh, as a double water card. So she fully encompasses the traditional feelings around this new moon outside of the deeper spiritual messages found in the chariot.
0: And that would be Ariana. And you have sun. You have planets in Cancer, don't you? My
2: Venus is in Cancer, so holy shit do I feel this. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any planets planets and cancer. Good. It must be so nice not to be a fucking emotional wreck.
0: I have no emotions unless I have all of them. That. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's very Sagittarian though. <laughs> as we spoke about the dual, the dualism. Yeah. Well, my Venus is in Scorpio which oh, is like, God. yeah, it's, it's like having, you have no feelings until you fall in love and you're like, oh, these are feelings. Oh, Oh, no. oh god feelings oh. and then if they're not good feelings you don't know how to deal with them
2: yeah i don't i don't have that i just constantly am like where are my feet i'm
0: like feelings 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 more feelings 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 feelings, feelings. no i'm like Tra-la-la-la-la, no feelings whatsoever and then you meet somebody and you you're like oh they could be cool, or they could be cute, or maybe we could hang out sometime, and it doesn't work out the way you want it to, and you don't want it to, like... You don't want to obsess about it. But that's, like, obs- obsession is sort of the first step <laughs> in uh, Scorpio... Like, Venus and Scorpio love, it seems like. It's, like, mutual Mine obsession. Mine marriage,
2: so I either... I don't date... Marriage? And,
0: I don't... <laughs> look,
2: I don't... How do you go from... No. no relationship to marriage. Because I don't date anybody who I don't see as a potential life partner. It's a waste of my fucking time.
0: Don't give me that look. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm just, i just. I don't. I think it's really hard to figure out who a life partner would be. Look, I didn't say it was fucking logical. Cancer is not logical.
2: We will talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> Thank God I'm a Leo. <laughs> With an Aquarius rising, because god damn this Cancer Venus bullshit.
0: Oh, I feel the same way about Scorpio, Venus and Scorpio bullshit. Every time somebody sees that, they're like, "Ill," <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I know. No, I would love that. Like, Ryan's isn't can't
2: Capricorn, so my opposite. So he's like, I will provide for you, but show no emotions. And I'm like,
0: but honey, love <laughs> me. Meanwhile... I'm a Sagittarius who is the eternal bachelor of the Zodiac True. with the bleeding, obsessive heart of Scorpio, who's, like, super possessive, and, and I'm not a possessive person at all in real life, but, like, if yeah, get me into a romantic situation, then I'm like, well, what if they fall in love with somebody else in traffic or something? <laughs> Like, like something really stupid. And I'm just like, anything is possible. And I could lose them forever. And so I just need to really hyper-appreciate every single moment that we're together. And you know what that does? It drives people away. No, it wouldn't drive me away. <laughs> it would. It would so No, don't. It will drive everybody away. It because does. Because
2: I'm obsessive. And I want someone to be obsessed with me. I always date cold guys. <laughs>
0: Uh, I guess opposites attract,
2: but I don't know. I don't even. I just like to, the Leo side of me likes the chase. I like to break men and make them my slaves.
0: Uh, I don't give a fuck about the chase. I, I really, for me, it's like this instant, uh, recognition of somebody as like, oh yeah, we could get down. And like you don't, if you have that feeling, where and it's very rare, mm-hmm. it's like it's only happened a couple of times in my life. But you look at somebody, you're just like, "Oh, you're gonna be trouble." I and, knew you were trouble when you walked in. Yeah, and it was yeah. I've only had that a couple times, and me too. Like actually, with
2: with Ryan, I had that. That mm.
0: I still have friends uh, who I the minute I met them I was like, God damn it! Yeah, that's <laughs> I, I, I was fine. I was fine. <laughs> I was fine until I met you, and now and I'm not fine anymore. Mm-hmm. I am not <laughs> okay. Not fine, and it has and, been
2: four years of me not being fine. Uh,
0: well, I'm fine now because yeah, I haven't been with anybody in a minute so I'm fine right now. Which means at any minute, <laughs> some dickhead can walk by and just make me not fine. And uh, don't you think I'm not bitter about that? <laughs>
2: just saying. I, I love that we are now saying falling in love is now not fine. <laughs> yeah. No, we go from being strong, independent, like fucking awesome, fiery women. Yeah. And have we, have all, been
0: in love? It's like dying. It is like dying.
2: It's dying. Ever, especially when your Venus is in a water sign. God fucking damn
0: it. <sighs> anyway, next. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was good. Yes. So Cancer is one of the few constellations that rises backwards in the zodiac. And please tell me what that means or what does that look like? Um so instead of it rising like it's face forward when it comes over the horizon. Mm-hmm. In our night sky, it's butt first. <laughs> really? <laughs> pretty much. I'm pretty sure. We might have to check that fact, but that's... I think that's the way it is. But also, the other thing about cancer, maybe you put this in there somewhere mm-hmm. else, but one of my favorite things or analogies about cancer that I read was um, uh, in order to help yourself get along with the cancers in your life, sometimes it's good to look at things from a... A sideways perspective Mm -hmm. because that's the way the crab moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't always look at things like straight on. They tend to kind of go at things from an angle Mm -hmm. or approach them from a slightly off left or left of center, like off center, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. off kilter. Yeah, and but it's not that they don't get where they intend to go. They just come at it from a different direction. Yeah. So because of that, it can be really creative. Cancers also love hosting parties and working with children, which these kind of things then harken back to that maternal instinct Mm -hmm. of being of the home and making people feel nurtured and welcome. and, you know, being the hostess. I love being hostess. Oh, yeah. 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 I like being hostess too, but Mm -hmm. only in like small groups of like intimate friends that I can let loose with. Um, they're also lovers of museums and art galleries, as well as occult studies. I swear to Christ, I'm a fucking
2: Cancer. Like, if you believe in that 13th sign shit, I'm technically a Cancer. But I know I'm not. Like, I'm way too Leo.
0: I to think be- I am. What? Well, in the 13th sign thing, I'm the 13th sign, whatever that is. Oh, yeah.
2: I don't... I mean, but that's complete bullshit. And we'll go into that in an episode. I've had to explain it to multiple people, like, why the math doesn't even... It's, yeah. It's bullshit.
0: Cancers are the first water sign of the zodiac, so like Aries, Taurus, and Gemini, they're more in touch with their instinctual sides, and their highest expressions come from following their gut feelings. Again, feelings, lunar, Luna, Luna, the moon follows and rules over all the emotions. Mm. And like your gut is like, I
2: think uh, it rules over like the breast and stomach, uh, Cancer does. And remember, it was like soft parts of your body. So it's like your breast and your stomach, which is like all the
0: nurturing parts of you. I feel like some people could argue that that's their brain, because their brains are soft. Soft in the head. But <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Aurora making puns again. Their highest expression comes from following their gut feelings, when those are rooted in psychic senses. Their emotional responses come from their acute absorption of memories and their ability to deeply hold on to emotional impressions.
2: It reminds me of, um, like, nostalgia, like the Six of Cups. That's what this, yeah, that feeling of cancers, like holding on to memories. Lots of nostalgia.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, we're, piece- we're pieces. pieces. We're
0: pieces. We're pieces. Racy Fuck you. <laughs> it's okay. But you write. <laughs> It's okay. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not.
2: And, no, it's funny. I can't pronounce it. I. It's, went, I it's was okay. To, I went to a grocery store and I very confidently pronounced it basil instead of basil. <laughs> I'm sorry. So serious. <laughs> and my ex and I laughed about that for a solid three years. Like our relationship stayed together because of that one joke. Oh God. <laughs> that and the dog. <laughs> basil he was oh like god. i was like you know the stuff you put on like pizza and spaghetti and he was like basil <laughs> and i'm like holding the can and i'm like that is that word god damn it <laughs> how did you not know what that was because i knew the word basil but i didn't learn by phonics so like i saw basil and i was like
0: basil I don't know, man. I don't I learned how to read from Hooked on Phonics and it did me just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fuck up that much. It's
2: true. I did not. I memorize everything, so it makes things weird, like saying Pisces. Pisces.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Where Pisces has taken their connection to spirit in a nearly total headspace kind of acid trip where you can't really connect with it and they can't really explain it to you. Cancer is known as the most psychic sign because they are able to tap into their Capricornian energy, their sister sign, of manifestation and birth those intuitive downloads into the material world. Cancers often find themselves drawn to the occult and have vivid dreams that are often prophetic or at least rife with metaphors and symbols to keep
0: any psychoanalyst in business for a while. They have a deep appreciation for symbols and archetypes such as the revered Carl Jung, Campbell, and Freud. Unfortunately, with such
2: powerful sensitivities to external and internal environments, there runs the risk of psychic illnesses such as confusing other people's emotions for their own.
0: All right, we're going to take a quick music break. We've got a lot more cancer goodness coming up for you. But first, we're going to listen to You Gotta Be by Desiree off the album I Ain't Moving, which I feel like is, just looking at the album art, is super cancerian. Mm. Enjoy, and we'll be right back.
4: Gotta become, you gotta stay together. All I know, all I know, love will save the day. Harold, what your mother said, read the books your father read, trying to solve the puzzles in your own sweet time. Some may have more cash than you, others take a different view. You gotta be tough, you gotta be stronger You gotta be cool, you gotta be calm You gotta stay together
0: cancer it can be hard to put yourself first when you have a tendency to fix everyone or at least feel inclined to this can often make cancers feel afraid to make a purposeful move the risk of exposing themselves and their vulnerabilities is really heavy stuff for cancer but also you know I have to say that it's kind of heavy stuff for everybody true you know like cancers aren't really alone in that uh, the aspect, however, uh, when your whole demeanor is and life is defined by having this really kind of tough, almost brittle mm-hmm. exterior shell mm-hmm. and it encapsulates all these really soft emotions, mm-hmm. especially other people's emotions. If you're absorbing their mm-hmm. shit mm-hmm. and if you're really psychically attuned, that can become uh, really scary mm-hmm. you know, and overwhelming and, and crippling for people. Um, others may perceive this crab walking as skirting responsibilities, and I say crab walking with air quotes, like little pinchers <laughs> in my hands, um, because, like, you know, crab claws. Um, but it's, people might see it as, like, avoiding responsibilities and an avoidance of having a direction or drive, but it's really not the case. Cancers deeply love security and can become codependent in the routines and their safe spaces. So much so that they any changes in their lives, environment, or other basic daily routines can be really difficult to handle. An emotional outburst or complete withdrawals are really possible. So they're typically considered introverted.
2: This sign is usually not one for liking the limelight or being the center of attention. So there are many associations with cancer and like womb symbolism, such as caves and stuff. Um, However. Crabs can come out of their shell when they are amongst good friends and feel allowed to feel vulnerable. I was actually recently listened to a podcast that was... You listen to other podcasts? <gasps> just kidding. I have to have inspiration. I'm just
0: kidding. Gosh. <laughs> well, they,
2: it was really cool. They were talking about, like, cancers and, like, how many of them are, like... Famous like kind of rebellious superstars and stuff is pretty, and like a Frida Kahlo is like a cancer and stuff, and like she's very deeply
0: intuitive mm-hmm. and you know she's, she's introverted, so- but she'll go out. Well, she was also really not afraid to show her soft and maternal side mm-hmm. in public, like all of her paintings of her. Uh, like a miscarried fetuses oh, wow. as a, a result of her horrible bus accident here yeah. art school mm-hmm. talking but like yeah she ha- she suffered a really traumatic bus accident I mean, when that, she was really young and basically a pole went through her pelvis yeah. and it That's kind what of crippled or, crippled her it crippled her but it also really uh, crippled her ability to be reproductively oh. successful so did not she? know that part. Yeah, so she got pregnant a couple times and was never able to carry the baby to term mm. because of that uh, terrible accident that happened to her.
2: Oh my god, and like as a cancer, like man, that that's that's heavy.
0: Yeah, but she was also super rebellious and into socialist the socialist movement mm-hmm. in Mexico. She and was like a Marxist, like a straight up like communist. Yeah, and she was really bisexual Mm -hmm. and which, for back then to be a, like... And a Mexican (laughs) woman. Well, you know, she was only half Mexican. Well, like, she lived in Mexico, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. She she lived in Mexico, but I want to say her dad was German Mm -hmm. and then married a Mexican woman, and so they were definitely upper-class Mexicans.
2: But still super patriarchal of, like, a society. Like, even today, it's pretty rough. Yeah,
0: uh, I mean, yes. Yeah, I mean... But, like, women are often, like, the, they run the household a lot of times because mm-hmm. men are off working a lot. That's true. But as, at least in lower class, mm-hmm. you know, I'm using my little crab claw in quotes here. Uh, lower class households, the men are out working a lot, and the women tend to run the things. But mm-hmm. uh, when the men are home, then they want to feel like they're in charge of stuff. Then they
2: just, mm-hmm. all that abuse, that patriarchy. Well, I watched a whole documentary on it. It was pretty disturbing. You know, well, I think it's like a lower class issue anyway, where patriarchy and separatism. Oh, comes it's into a religious play.
0: problem, yeah. actually. I think so. This kind of gets out of the realm of the zodiac and astrology, but um, basically, uh, Christianity and organized religion in general have systematically oppressed women mm. <laughs> because women are the divine creators of life, and men have been kind of afraid of it uh, yeah, for centuries, and if not centuries, thousands of years. And they're a little bit intimidated by it, and because of this, they've tried to make, like from the very beginning of Christian or Abrahamic religions, they demonize women as being... Uh, the harbingers of fucking evil and the downfall of humanity. <laughs> well, that they, they lead men astray, and mm-hmm. they're the ones who, like, make them, like, they lead them from their true destiny, which is to be divine, and which isn't fucking true. If you've ever met a man, that is not the case. You know what I learned today? <laughs> no, like, you're so right, but, like, I learned... Those wagon dicks just... <laughs> Looking to grab bitches. It's
2: true. Sorry. Okay, so I learned this today, and it was really, it, this is totally in line with it, but like our whole society that's like based around aging, particularly. F- women Mm -hmm. aging is complete and utter bullshit when it comes to like our uterus is like you stop producing eggs and shit at like 35 because there's other cultures that like don't have the internet that aren't like brainwashed by our society that are like having babies at 55 because it's considered sacred and like getting pregnant like till you die is considered
0: sacred and like an offering to the goddess. Well, uh, so there are these cells that reproduce, um, like, the first cells when a, a zygote is fertilized, some of the last cells to find a place and start making themselves are the eggs of your grandchildren, basically. Yeah. But, but, hold on, repeat. Say that again. So Break it down. They, okay, I don't remember all the science, but mm-hmm. basically after a sperm enters an egg and yeah. starts to replicated Do the zygote like, thing yeah yeah and it starts to break apart um i think it's pretty early on i want to say around like maybe it's day 14 or something mm-hmm. it's like within a f- few weeks in the first trimester for sure yeah um these uh they call them stem cells mm-hmm. they go and become uh what will become your grandchildren's eggs weird yeah it's like that's how deeply rooted we are in feminine reproduction Ugh, it takes so beautiful. much longer for males t- and, and it's like the tr- the actually i think it might be an npr podcast okay. that's going on right now it's called um gonads i think mm. um is the name of the series and it's all about uh, the sexual reproduction of the human species However, their first episode covers this in way more depth than I can sort of pretend to just (laughs) rattle off the top of my head right now. But if you're at all interested in it, um, message me. We're on Instagram at Blood Moon Milk, and I will link you directly to the episode um, if you are so inclined to listen to it. It's really, really interesting and really good stuff, but I think it goes to show that... Women and our reproductive abilities—we're born with mm-hmm. all the eggs we'll ever need, and it's millions of them. And if you look at the math, uh, a woman drops an a fertile egg every 28 days or so, roughly, which is really similar to the way the moon mm-hmm. circumnavigates the Earth. It's exactly or, or, the, the same. It uh, well, not circumnavigating the way the moon orbits the Earth. Right. Um, and so. I think it's not out of order for us to talk about female reproduction and female reproductive issues on this podcast, especially uh, when no one else like really know
2: like we weren't educated in this shit. Like no, I I just, just learned this today that like fucking
0: fifty year fifty-five year old women yeah. can have babies. Yeah. And that it's normal. Well then there well, there's like there is menopause, but right. um like that is brought on by a hormone change. It's not mm-hmm. the same as losing all of your eggs. But you can still freeze eggs, even if you, like, like I
2: don't I know. think that was the start of the conversation. Like, someone asked this woman, like, do you want to freeze your eggs? And they were like, what? Like, saying that they were running out of time and, like, talking about, like, just being ageist in general. Mm-hmm. But, like, then they were like, no, like, we have to get out of this, this mindset of, like, women are aging mm-hmm. because it's...
0: Well, it's just another tool for the patriarchy to. Yes, that's uh, exactly it. That's what I was getting at. Like, because if they, if older women become afraid of losing their looks or their power, Mm -hmm. etc., etc., like you end up with a divided class of your. You end up with two classes in your consumerist population. They're easier to control. You've got the older crowd and you've got the younger crowd, and the younger crowd are out to get your husbands. And take over your lives or your sons or all this shit. And it's just not true. No. So back to cat cancer. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, although being highly intuitive, cancers are not always quick to follow their intuition or react immediately. Their intuition is coupled with instinct and a tendency to seek protection and an attitude of wariness before moving forward logic, and decision-making are not often partners. Going back to the analogy of the sideways gate of the crab, we can see how a sideways way of approaching life can delineate from the trust one can gain from themselves via the constant faith in their own intuition. In other words, cancers can become too dependent on others guiding them in the right direction instead of trusting their own gut. The more cancer pushes forward... Leaves the safety of their routine, the stronger their intuition will become, and they can really become a psychic powerhouse.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, a Cancer at their highest vibrational octave. They are helpful, patient, and compassionate, very nurturing, deeply romantic. Ugh, my Venus is in Cancer, y'all know. It's a lot. Uh, they're very creative. They present a great skill for lateral thinking, which is interesting considering they're such a feminine sign that they can think in a different way. That's not necessarily not necessarily um, spiralic. So, that's cool. Like, I like it. It's like a little diagonal. They're really good at originating solutions to problems from angles that others have not discovered. The crab gazes backwards in the sky with its butt first. And as such, this manifests on a personal and and a social level and Cancers often have a keen sense of interest in history, past cultures, and traditions. That's cool. As well as a high respect for personal history, genealogy, ancestral origins, nationalism, July 4th, anybody? And a desire to preserve and protect family customs. They are
0: very fashionable as well. I didn't know that about Cancers. One of uh, my boss's
2: daughter is a Cancer, and this girl is so fucking cute. Like, but in a sloppy way, so like you... Not that she's sloppy. You know what I mean? Like, where she looks like she doesn't give a fuck, but I know this bitch, like, gives a fuck, and she's always taking little sexy selfies, and wears the cutest, like, little red bras, but her hair's always messy, and she looks, like, sleepy. She, like, has that, like, sleepy sex kitten
0: vibe. I've never had that. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) Me neither. I look like shit when I'm sleepy. I've been told I'm really beautiful while I'm asleep, but... I believe that. You are beautiful. You You look like Snow White. Uh, when I was a kid, I had the Snow White shampoo as a Christmas gift. It was, like, a bottle of shampoo that looked like Snow White, and uh, I was, I was like, this is the most boring character! Right? I used to think that, too, but And no. then, and now I'm like, actually, she's the best one, because she's the first one, and after Disney released Snow White, there was a heinous sex party, and no one's allowed to talk about it, because everybody got fucked! And now Disney doesn't have opening parties anymore. Oh, wow, I, A,
2: need to hear about that, and B, uh, what's that show... Where Snow White is actually, like, the main... Once Upon a Time. Oh, I've read... I've, I've seen that. Once yeah. Upon a Time. I love that. It's so cheesy. The dialogue is so bad. It's a soap opera about fairy, fairy tales. tales. Yes. I've, but <laughs> I've watched more than my first that. Oh, actually. yeah. I've watched, like, up to the... Actually,
0: Peter... when I got Pickle here, mm-hmm. uh, that was my binge. My yes. secret guilty pleasure binge. Yeah. Oh, uh, I got to, like, Peter Pan and Frozen, and that's as far as, like, I ever got, because... Um, A cancer at their lowest vibrational octave can be quite gossipy, clicky, isolated, uncommunicative, hypersensitive, overly competitive, passive-aggressive, and they can have a physical weakness as well as lethargy bordering on laziness. Come on, we can all be lazy, especially if you're hungover, (laughs) Uh, which cancers probably are often. Avoiding their problems, mm, maybe, maybe
2: not. Mm. You know, I'm uh, not here I mean, to. I'm not here to pass judgment on anybody. We're not judging you. We're just saying, like, hangovers fucking happen.
0: Yeah, uh, a chaotic and unorganized application of methods, often the cause of associated sloppiness and untidiness in the home and dress, and a moodiness that is hard for others to relate to or fully understand. Cancer generally has a dislike of discipline. But really, come on, who likes discipline? I don't. Cancer generally has a dislike of discipline aptly symbolized by a creature that lacks an internal skeletal structure. (laughs) But you know what? It has an external skeletal structure, which makes you think maybe it would like discipline if it was very rigid or predictable or something. The Cancerian way is generally just avoiding issues. There's very little inclination towards rebellious acts or direct and open confrontations, they'll just get skit get away
2: into the yeah. into the waves, and sh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that was my sound effect in action. I liked. It. All right, let's take a music break, mm-hmm. and we'll come back with mythology, and our crystals, and nutrition, and wrap the show up. We're gonna hear the song "Billy Holiday" by the band Warpaint. I really like this song because it has all of these emotional undertones and context that cancer kind of embodies. But it's also a cover of a Billie Holiday song in a totally different style. So again, coming at it from that sideways mm. perspective that cancer kind of does. So I hope you enjoy it, and we'll be right back with nutrition and some other goodies. Carcanos, a giant crab that harassed Hercules during his fight with the Hydra. Some storytellers say that during Hercules' fight with the Hydra, Hera sent a crab from the swamp to snap at Hercules' toes because Hera had sworn to kill him. Hercules was able to kill the crab by smashing its shell with his foot. And as a reward for his efforts in serving her, Hera placed the crab in the sky and it became cancer. In ancient times, Cancer was known as the dark sign because of the obscured visibility of its constellation in the night sky.
2: And there's probably some weird anti-women, anti-women-like, you know, connotations there, like a dark sign, women, darkness, the womb, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of that that happens because of them Aryan people coming down and... You know, gods are all about light and fire and lightning in the sky and mountains and the sun. And then they came and they're like... There wouldn't be any light without the darkness. Mm. Just saying. See, women used to balance it and now it's all about defeating it.
0: Mm. Alright, so let's go on to other astrological happenings.
2: So Mercury goes retrograde in fire sign Leo, moi. Um, so, while Mars also travels retrograde and emits potent eclipses. So, be prepared for a little bit of cosmic chaos there, y'all. Uh, there's going to be a lot, a lot of drama, obviously, because Mercury retrograde Leo. So, do remember that chaos fuels evolution. You do have to go through the contraction in order for a greater expansion. Pro tip... Underschedule yourself late July through mid-August.
0: Oh, God. I've already done the opposite of that.
2: Oh. <laughs> well, your fucked. You should take a vacation if possible and genuinely unplug and unwind. Turn your fucking cell phone off at, like, 6 or 7 and, like, look into your lover's eyes. Just, just hang out with a human, like, fuck. So also with this eclipse being square Pluto... There will be themes of transformation, rebirth, and going to the depths of our shadow, shadow selves to get out all of the bullshit and bring it to the light. It's time to look into the black mirror of our souls and separate the wheat from the chaff.
0: Yeah. And speaking of separating the wheat from the chaff, <laughs> um, we know you guys are out there listening because we see the numbers on how many people listen to the podcast and... Uh, we would humbly like to ask for your contribution and suggest that, I mean, you can do any amount that works for you, but we would suggest $5 a month, um, because we feel like that's a cup of coffee or, uh, mm. a beer or, you know, it's something that you can do without really stressing and hurting, but it would make a huge world of a difference to us who put this together. And I really still need a microphone. Yeah, she really does. Aurora keeps spitting in my face. <laughs> Kidding. You don't, you don't. I just, I, I'll never look at you again with my mouth open. I'm so don't. sorry. Uh, you've wounded me to my oh soul. My um But seriously, guys, we're, we don't want to advertise Blue Apron or Casper mattresses to you guys. You guys have a mattress. I don't, you're going to eat what you want to eat. um But if you are listening to us, I'd like to think that you really want to listen to us and just, you know, bumble into us. And maybe we're growing a small place in your heart and you wouldn't mind buying us a cup of coffee once a month. So let's talk about advanced crystal studies. With Um, Aurora. Mm. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. And so the two crystals that I have uh, for this particular moon is Selenite and Lemurian Quartz. And I'm pretty sure that Ariana suggested the Lemurian Quartz. I saw it in the mini moons
2: um, book. Oh, they put they had selenite and Lemurian quartz, and I was oh. like, oh,
0: "We have those! I we do right now. Uh, we have some pretty phenomenally phenomenal specimens of Lemurian quartz crystals that are actually golden temple Lemurians, and we're going to be using them during our full moon workshop." And then they will be for sale. Mm. So they're going to be all supercharged with all that, like, amazing Aquarius full moon eclipse goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're pretty incredible. Um, they came, I love mine so much. Yeah. I just carry it around everywhere, like, just, just rubbing it. Um, they're all different sizes and all, di- like, there's some, they're pretty attainable price points. I mm-hmm. don't think we have one that's more than 50 bucks in the box. And um, we're gonna use them during our ritual, and they're gonna be supercharged with all this super passionate, wonderful energy. But if you don't already have a Lemurian quartz, I would set aside about 50 bucks and go to our website, BloodMoonMilk.com, and check out what we've got. Or follow us on Instagram because we'll see th- you'll see them there too. Mm-hmm. You'll see them there first, actually, and then you can message me. And I will ship it to you with a love note, and you will get your very own Lemurian quartz. And if you haven't ever heard of Lemurian quartz, we should probably explain what they are because they're pretty special. Yeah. Do you just want to explain what your energy, like the energy of the Lemurian, feels like in comparison to a normal quartz crystal? Yeah, I I love to actually because I I like
2: crystals, I do, but I'm not like one of those people who like gets it all the time. Like I'm sure I'm a hardcore terror person.
0: Yeah, I'm. I, and that's why I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. because I can say all day like, oh, it's like this or it's mm-hmm. like that. But um, I'm initiated into this yeah. realm. You know, this is like my realm of expertise. So asking you what you feel and what you pick up and what you sense from yours that I gave you, mm-hmm. um, I think might help other people who might not be so aware.
2: Yeah, I I have a lot of crystals, and I like them all, and some of them sing to me a little more than others, but Lemurian Quartz sings to me the fucking loudest, and as soon as she put it in my hand, it just felt, it felt so good, it felt so happy, and I've had it, like, obsessively, like, by my bed or by my computer, just carrying it around, like, when I feel anxious or when I have headaches or anything, like, I carry this fucking stone around like like a child with a new toy, but... I, I think I described it to Aurora as like when I'm around it, it feels like there's like laughter coming from it. It just feels like pure joy and happiness, like kid laughter, fairy laughter. Like it is the most lighthearted, pure, joyful, like it's not like a, especially Loving Stone, like how Rose Quartz is. Like it just feels like like giggles. Like I can almost hear giggles coming from it. It's a truly powerful,
0: uplifting, just sweet, sweet stone. I love it. I can say that I echo the sentiments of it being powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going through a dark period in my life a few years ago, and um, I, you know, I grew up around crystals actually, but I didn't give a shit about them. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I, it's a complicated story, but I wasn't super into crystals for most of my life, even though I grew up around them. It was kind of like, if you grew up in a certain community, you just kind of write it off as, like, you take it for granted, you know? And then you realize, oh, wait, this is important to who I am, and I was in this community from the beginning for a reason. Um, but I only really realized that because of a a certain Lemurian crystal. I didn't even know it was a Lemurian crystal when it called to me, but I was walking by the store one day and I was like, oh, there's something in there and I have to go get it because that's the thing that I need. And it just, I just know that it's calling me and I don't know what that is. It was kind of a weird feeling, but I went in there and I was looking and I was looking and, I, and to myself, I was like, okay, I'm only going to spend like 30 bucks. That's my budget. And lo and behold, there's this beautiful crystal necklace And it's, yep, $30. (laughs) And it wasn't until much, much later that I actually realized it was a Lemurian crystal. And then I was, but when I got that Lemurian crystal, along with one other piece of jewelry that I had that's still very important to me, like, things really started to tick and change and make sense for me in a lot of different ways. And shit just really did change overnight um, you know, overnight can be six months sometimes, but that's still overnight in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. Um, but Lemurians are super powerful. Um, if you're not familiar with the ancient theoretical continent of Lemuria, I really highly suggest you go research it a little bit. Basically, Lemurian crystals are thought to be seeds from that civilization that have been planted all over the earth to help enlighten future generations and, uh, of humanity to help raise its global consciousness levels. And it has the memories, right? Like, and that's why it has the little ladder. Um, that's, that's one explanation yeah. for it. Yeah. That, or that they've been programmed with yeah. the energy, um, from the priests and priestesses of the communities of Lemuria to carry forth, uh, the intelligence and the, the knowledge of their, um, of their religion of their society of, um, of their belief system. So if you're hearing laughter, mm-hmm. like, and it's talking to you in that way, like, it's, you know, you have a connection with that civilization. Um, a past life. Um, Which is weird because I didn't think that. Like, I was never like, oh,
2: that, even though, like, it's always been in my radar. But now I'm like, I really need to meditate with it, and I'm honestly really
0: intimidated right now. Well, it's okay to feel intimidated because that – it tells you that there's something deeper going on mm-hmm. and that's, you know, very cancerian. Like mm-hmm. people tend to rely on other people's intuitions more than their own. Mm-hmm. So you, it's very apt, I would yeah. say for you. So if you are in or or curious about them, please feel free to reach out. Um, and selenite is also pretty amazing as well. I've got a natural selenite one that I use in our uh, full moon circle ceremonies. And it's great because it's, it's like a physical manifestation of light. Mm. Um, and it's also because it's light in that way, it's reminiscent of the moon, mm. which is really Cancerian. However, um, I, I like to use it as a doorway. Like you can use it to open and close a door, like an energy door within a moon circle, but also direct light in a certain way if you want to. Um, it's not as direct as some quartz points can be. Um, but it has this really soft, mm, soft. energy. Yeah. yeah, it's not, it's not going to beat you in the face where it, Lemurian Quartz, uh, can be a little bit more powerful and drastic, mm-hmm. depending on the piece you're handling. Mm-hmm. Um. I use Selenite to, like, clear my, um, decks, mm-hmm. which is pretty
2: common. I see them, people yeah. just put them on top
0: it's good for that um it's also good for directing universal white light Mm -hmm. and i use it to when we set up our full moon workshops to help set the energy and allow the people who have shown up in that time to enter the circle and create a safe space that everyone feels comfortable in Mm -hmm. and also protect the space and keep the keep the baddies out (laughs) Let's go ahead and go on into intuitive nutrition.
2: So today we're going to talk about hibiscus. I'm seeing the
0: hibiscus flowers blooming everywhere right now. They're, they're so, so beautiful.
2: Pretty. Yeah, they're really pretty. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. Hibiscus, hibiscus. So the hibiscus tea allows you to accept your sensitive side. It also helps you by picking up the subtle energies around you, letting you know when it's time to move on from something. Um, it also brings you and your loved ones together. So that's a very Cancerian theme. It heals wounds and promotes forgiveness. And this information was not by me. It's by Doreen Virtue and Robert Reeves off their or from their book Intuitive or Nutrition for Intuition.
0: All right. So let's wind out the show with mindfulness meditation questions for manifestation. So Feelings are big this time of year. So think about how you can use your moon, your new moon to better get in touch with your feelings over the next six months. Are there any feelings that you've been trying to avoid? How can you be sensitive to the feelings of others? How would you feel if you were treated a certain way? How can I step out of my shell? Is my current self I project onto the world an authentic representation of my true
2: self? How can I make sure that I have a balance between caring for myself and others and in that how can I nurture and be nurtured?
0: How can I practice cultivating my intuition without taking on other people's baggage? How can I hold emotional space for the collective and how will I distribute that knowledge to the betterment of all? What cognitive patterns of my subconscious are holding me back out of fear of expansion? How can I support myself through my fear of expansion and then let go of
2: the judgments that I may have about my path? How can I hone my psychic abilities?
0: Because that's such a Cancerian theme. <laughs> how can I notice and validate my feelings? And how can I stay centered in my own feelings and not get washed away in the feelings of others like a crab <laughs> in the surf? Nice. So we're going to take a cue from that uh, Crab in the Surf and listen to Bonsai Washout by (laughs) Dick Dale, King of the Surf guitar, and go out there, spend some time with your friends and your family, and think about those traditions you have, and enjoy the summer. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) We love you. Anything else we need to say that we didn't say? Oh, I have a workshop coming up. Oh, yeah. It's not really a blood, moon, milk thing, but it kind of is, but it's not. It's uh, all about modern alchemy and how to transmute anger into creativity. It's going to be Sunday, July the 15th at Modern Mystic. and It's free! And it's free! Yeah, and you get to meet me, and you get some free stuff. And uh, yeah, tell your friends and your family. It's a very Cancerian thing to do. It'll be fun. See you there.